everybody. Welcome back to the Why Not Us podcast. My name is Carter Kramer. It's my good friend Mike McGowan over here to my left. Same dude that's been hanging out there the whole time. Yep. Yeah. So the reason I'm wearing this stocking cap is Mike shaved my head recently due to a lost bet. Cause it's a long story, but uh, you, um, you're not just cold wearing flannel and I am cold, dude. And... I'm a skinny guy. It's cold. It's starting to get nipply here. Um, you don't have your hockey hair anymore. No, dude. I had to, Mike shaved it off last night because I lost a bet. It was due to the Ryder Cup. So if Mike would have lost, I got to wax his back on a live Facebook feed. <laughs> oh, damn. Which I know, awesome. which would have been so much better. But no, Mike got to clipper me last night on a live Facebook. So you'll have to check that out. It's pretty funny. There was a lot of good laughs. He made me look like Ronald McDonald at one point. It was great. I shaved the top first and let the sides <laughs> sit there. <laughs> Brutal. Those are the uh, friends they have. Yeah, yeah. Who needs enemies when you have friends like these, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so really quick, my good friend Paul Rohde is joining us from, uh, you were in Hudson, Wisconsin, correct? Correct. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yes, and I've been in, in that beautiful man cave you have behind you, which uh, is awesome. Tell us a little bit, first and foremost, because it's right there, tell us a little bit about the car up there on top of your lift. Uh, the car on my lift is my rally car. I use it for fundraising and donations It's and therapy, basically. Yeah. It's a 2015 Z28 car number 700, uh, 427 LS7. It's pretty heavily modified, not for horsepower, but for durability. Yeah. 565 rear wheel naturally aspirated um everything's gone through it from axles radiator clutch i mean everything it's just bulletproof yeah i've car. i've I've had the opportunity to run with that car and i have to say uh not it's it's exactly what you would want in an american badass car right i mean it's just it's yeah. built like you said built like a brick shit house and it uh it sounds amazing you gotta and, wear a uh, headset with it yeah, you yeah. Just, really? oh yeah, dude, it's loud as well. Wow, yeah. you get so fatigued if you don't. My normal uh, co-pilot, he mumbles, so you got to have a headpiece on so I can hear him. You know, noise canceling headset. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, for people who don't know, you have a co-pilot, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of helping you un- kind of understand what's coming up in the roads and, exactly. and the turns or, yeah. you know, kind of well, keep you on route. Well, Paul, I got to tell you, I, I understand the mumbling part with a partner. I get that totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> what an asshole. Um, all right. So let's start out, Paul. Tell us a little bit about, because you've got your hands in a ton of great stuff and you're a, a great community figure up there in Hudson. I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of folks. Uh, you and I met through the Crown Rally um, and right away, you know, just, just was kind of, I, I seem to kind of gravitate towards people who have just positive vibes, right? Like trying to do something positive, make good things happen. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, I mean, like where you where you come from and then how did you, you know, kind of how your professional career started? Yeah, I grew up on a uh, farm, you know, first of all, it was cattle and dairy cattle and it turned to horses and, um, Small town, uh, Roberts, Wisconsin, went to a school called St. Chris Central, where y- your life was basically farm work and football. Yeah. It's, uh, some of the greatest times. And, you know, when you when you ha- when you work and for farmers and when you have uh, a good structure with school and stuff like that and football and a great football coach, Coach Rhino, and we were good. You know, we won a state yeah. championship and stuff. And that stuff... It, it really does how you are in your teen years and how you take practice and how serious you take practice and you show up for every practice that shit carries on for the rest of your life. And yeah, our coach would always say championship mentality. And at the time it, it 
you you think you're young you got the rest of your life in front of you you don't you listen and you you know, take it in but you don't realize how important those days are yeah. for the rest of your life it, and you see it you... now with kids where they miss practice and stuff like that well you know what those are the same people that are going to miss work they're, so yeah so they're, so they're that's a great expect- point it's, it's a great point because we we did uh another episode with a guest we talked about teamwork and team building yes it, you know and 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 youth and high school sports right mm-hmm. and and I, I did the same right and then i doubled down and joined the marine corps for nine years right so the, even even bigger of a team atmosphere and and relying on other people but today's sports you know youth sports you know environment yeah is so different it's individualized it's aau it's club it's one sport only not playing several sports at a time right you know it's it's so different than when we grew up right and and i just i i think it's I think it's changing the way kids grow up fundamentally. The I big agree. thing is coaches are not allowed to hold people accountable anymore. Yes. I mean, yes. there's kids that just show up to games. And I'm telling you, I chipped my tooth once. It was my sophomore year and I had to get it fixed. So I was about 20 minutes late to practice because the dentist was right in town. I wasn't able to start that week. Yeah, because you were twenty minutes late to practice. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I, went I, missed... the, I went in the second play, but I was not in the first play. Yeah, I missed conditioning in, in my sophomore year in baseball because I made it to the state track meet. We actually won a state championship that year in in track, our high school's very first state championship in any sport, by the way. Um, but it was the same thing, man. I had to sit six games, six baseball games because I missed conditioning for the state try. I was like, this is kind of nuts. You know what I mean? (laughs) But but again, that's the accountability you're talking about, right? Paul is like, Hey dude, if you're part of the team, you got to put in all the time and practice. You got to do your thing. Otherwise there's consequences. And we, and you're right. You can't hold people accountable. Parents are also way more involved and and bitchy than then. I feel like in peewee football, I got chicken pox and missed practice and I couldn't play the next game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was you still had the pox, but uh, yeah, and when where did parents get the idea that they can talk to coaches? I mean, back in our day, you would never even thought of a parent talking to a coach. It, it wouldn't have happened. No. And, and you're referring and now, to like about playing time, about what my what my son or daughter should be doing on on the team. You're talking about that, right? Yeah, the only time a parent would talk to the coach back then is if your leg was sideways on the field. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's a great example. It's a great example. It. True. Okay, yeah, so so high school days, kind of the team building, the sports. Yeah, you know, I how, never, did that, uh, how did that lead into your your professional career then, Paul? What did you do after high school? I was high school. I was yeah, I was school bus smart, not book smart. And if it wasn't for, uh, you know, some of my classmates basically having pity on me, I wouldn't have graduated. I was at the bottom of the class. I'm telling you, the bottom of the class. I I would get A's on all my homework, but I would just get F's on the test because friends were helping me with homework. Mm. Um, And then, so I knew that it was going to be, life was going to be twice as hard because I couldn't get into college, never went to college. And, but I always worked for entrepreneurs from Mm -hmm. eighth grade, working at the car wash, you know, for many years, I always worked for an entrepreneur and I would listen just like I would a coach. I'm a very coachable person. And that it's not even a sport thing. It's an entrepreneur thing. When you're someone's right-hand man, that's your coach. Yeah. And, and you listen and you excel and you want to do good for that person. Well, then life takes you to the point where I wasn't doing drugs. I don't abuse alcohol. I don't steal. So other entrepreneurs, when I started bartending, were like, 
hey, I need you to come work for me. Hey, I need you to run my place. Hey, I need you to run place, my place. It's kind of a cutthroat business. And then when you work for enough entrepreneurs, never worked for anyone like uh, Applebee's or anything like that. Yeah. And when I had kids, I'll never remember. I always remember the moment I was like, I need to get on my own. Uh, my firstborn, her name was Denman, redhead. And the day she was born, I still remember uh, my employer at the time calling and saying, well, you're going to be at work tomorrow, right? And I'm like, yep, I'll be there. And it didn't hit me till I was at work the next day that I need to start prioritizing me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started planning, how am I going to do this? When, you know, when the opportunity comes up, I'm going to jump on it. Well, then uh, uh, there was a shady owner in town a couple of years later that he uh, got busted on something. So he had to close his place. So I went down there and well, I actually sent him a text. That's, you know, texting was, was prevalent then. And this is 2008. He's like, Hey, I'd, I'd love to sell it to you, but I sold to someone else three months ago. Okay. So I called that person and that person was like, yeah, you can buy my land contract for me because he's already lost 9,000. Remember $9,000 in three months. Mm. So I met him at a exit 28 truck stop, just a couple miles away. Mm -hmm. And I bought his land contract for a dollar and wow. Way overpaid for the building and the business and the business had a bad rap. So then Back then, phone books were still a thing in 2008 at the tail end of it. Mm -hmm. I was trying to come up with a business name that started with the letter A. <laughs> and I came up with Agave because there wasn't a Tex-Mex place downtown. And the yeah. rest is kind of history. Three years later, I was able to get a bank loan for the building um, because the land contract people were kind of excited that the place was actually a functioning restaurant. So they wanted me to fail and not be able to pay the lump sum. So they could just void the land contract and take the business over real shady shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that happens a lot. Yeah. And, and it, numbers don't lie and business does not care about your feelings. So that's right. Or anyone else's feelings. So you just, you fight through it. And this was my first time actually being uh, an owner. So learning about, you know, the mistakes of you have to have a CPA, not a tax preparer, you know, when I went to get my loan, the, the bank was like, why do you have three years of taxes that you did yourself? I'm like, I didn't do my taxes. And he's like, this is your signature here. And I'm like, I have a CPA doing it. Well, he's not a CPA. Come to find out, not a CPA. The guy was just a tax preparer forging my name to tax documents. So had to hire an actual CPA to go through it. Yeah. It really wasn't any damage. Got the loan. The rest is history. And then you just, the name of the game is just keep accumulating what you can for a down payment, buy another building, buy another non-depreciating asset. Yeah. And it's slow. You have to grind, but you just have to have the mentality that you're working for your last name, meaning generational and, uh, you know, busting ass for you to pay your bills. Like I bartended seven nights a week for three years to make that place work. Yeah, absolutely. That's the part nobody sees, Paul, right? I feel like you and I both, you have those people that come up and go, man, it must be nice. No one sees, they, they never see the grind. They only see the shine. And and yes. remember, people like to throw yes. rocks at shiny shit. It's just, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's, they, they, they don't, they don't get it. They, they, they pay attention when you have to sit at your 
office and go through spreadsheets and you have to actually run the business instead of working for the business. Um, that's when they notice they want that life. And the, 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 the thing that people don't realize about entrepreneurs, we work like no one wants to work for years to have the life that everyone wants. And that's, that's just the harsh reality. I mean, back when you were grinding every day to make your operation work before you sold it, I don't know if that's the information you have ever told your guests, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We talk about it. Yeah. It's, you have to do the things that you wouldn't do, you know, that normal people just won't do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I came on your podcast, you know, the learn from my, our mistakes podcast, which was great. And, uh, and I think I was maybe, it was one of the, it was early on when you started maybe like third yeah. or fourth. It was the third one. I, I listened to that um, when I was on a drive and I yeah. listened to a few more of yours as well. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we talk about, man, I think that I, I talked about was, you know, people don't know about the times that I sat with my wife in tears thinking that I had screwed up and everything was going to collapse, you know, and we were fucked. Right. I mean, it's like people, they, they sit there and like, well, yeah, it must be nice. Like, dude, those are the, there's so many moments that I had to go through that were heart wrenching, you know, moments where I think most people quit, right? That's when most yeah. people give up. And I wanted to Paul, and I'm sure you had those moments too, where it was like, what the fuck am I doing? But if you can get through that and fight through that and get to the other side, that's when things start to, you know, change, I think. Yeah. The, the only time I've, I've ever had genuine suicidal thoughts is when things are bad. You know, when you're yeah. up at 4am or 3am, from the night before, because you're trying to figure out how to make things work. Mm-hmm. That's the torture that people don't want. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to think about it. They would just rather punch in, punch out, go home to their their problems. But people don't realize that everyone has problems. Everyone yeah. you just got to prioritize it. And the, the difference between successful entrepreneurs and I don't want to say general public, but the general public is they want to make drama out of just stupid shit where entrepreneurs, they, they, they don't have fucking time for it. Right. You know, we're trying to think of how am I paying uh, work comp insurance or I need to lower the costs on this to in order to be profitable on this end. They're, they're always thinking of things, how to improve or how to fix things in their company. They don't have time to worry about what, Tina or Joe or Jane are doing over there in the corner. Right. Don't have time for that. You focus on your craft and how to better your life and business quality of life. That's what it is. When you're starting out, you're trying to improve the quality of your life. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a road to get there for sure. So an agave is still just, it's a staple man in Hudson. Like you guys are still pounding away. Yeah. Agave is a beast, but I've had plenty of other failures on, on other things, but agave, I caught lightning with it. I, I genuinely caught lightning and every day I, I, I give thanks for it. Talk yeah. a little bit about, you know, cause for me, I know the success of business was had a lot to do with the the people, right. The other people involved, you know, employees, yeah. family, whatever it is. Talk about that a little bit and about how, you know, the importance of key people and surrounding yourself with good people has been for you and your success. Right. You have to surround yourself with good people and you have to trust them. Uh, people don't want to fail you. They're not going to, and you can't expect you out of others, right? You can't expect you out of your staff, but what you can do is, is help them understand your thinking and mindset and they respect you. You can't lie to your staff. You got to just be transparent with them. And some of the things go right over their head, but the ones that, that capture it and try to latch onto it, all you're trying to do is improve their life. Um, 
that's it but it's you can't scheme you can't you can't fuck with their money yeah you don't want to do any of that because you see that again learning from other people's mistakes other restaurants you know when staff come over or leave a restaurant or something because it's you know it's that's what staff does um it's you learn from other restaurants why did that person leave there this is a good employee why did they leave there and of course employees will leave you too but you can't take it personal it's they're trying to better their life and you know excel in their life so you just always wish them the best you don't try to repair it it's like a relationship when someone doesn't want to hang out with you you wish them the best you last thing you want to do is try to make it work with them because that's not how relationships work Right. But the ones that are there, you know, like I've always said, loyalty cannot be bought, but it can be rewarded. And the ones that stay with you, yeah, you reward them. I mean, I've got five, four people that are over 20 years for a small restaurant. Wow, that's wow. incredible, man. That says a lot about you as a, as yeah, a business does. owner. It really does. Yeah, it's, Mike, Mike and I talk a lot about like if people will leave and come back. That happens. You know, it happens all that happened or, to me too, right? It was one yeah. of those, the grass is greener. Oh shit. Maybe it's not greener, you know, or, or those priorities kind of come clear or become clear. Or, or in my yeah. world, pe- people follow you. So if you move from, so, so I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm executive tech executive, et cetera. So if people follow you from one, one company to another, so you're, you're there, you do your job three, four years, five years, whatever it is. And you, you move on to a different opportunity because you, you've hired you yourself need. out of a job, exactly. right? Yeah. Right. Which is what you're supposed and to then, do. But then all of a sudden you have people saying, Hey, what do you got going on over there? I'd love to do it again. Yeah. You know, because trust is hard to find. That's right. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and, and honesty, you yes. said it, honesty mm-hmm. and transparency. Yeah. It's just, and that, that makes people uncomfortable sometimes. And, and you will get labeled a liar when you tell the truth. The, oh, that's yeah. bottom line. <laughs> that's so true. It's because they hate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It, it collides with their truth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so just people, recently, they, man. They, they hear what they want to hear. And, yeah. um, but holding people accountable and working with them, but always being there for them, they're going to be there for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just recently, man. So we are, the, our podcast releasing a delay. But it, we're not too far removed from from nine eleven, oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah. and and the September eleventh thing. And you do a you do a pretty cool event, and have kind of gotten a tradition going there in your area as relates to the the never forget kind of nine eleven yeah. theme. Talk about that a little bit, because I wanted Mike to hear about. I wanted him to hear yeah, that I, from you, because I've heard so many cool things about. I, it. I found an article from twenty thirteen. Uh, talked about how you you did it three years in a row now, or or no, yeah. I'm sorry, two for years, tw- yeah. twelve years yeah. in a row. Um, yeah, and, and uh, is it still going? You're waving. You're on the I-95 overpass. Yeah, it, so it, it's gotten it's 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 it just gets bigger and bigger. How it started was, we all needed to heal, and yeah. I just took a flag over a bridge. And there's other people that did it too, but I just picked a bridge. And after a couple years, and you get so fucking emotional, you know, because yeah. the semis and the cars, everyone honking their horn. And of course, you know, you'll get a someone in a Volkswagen or something like that that flicks you off because they just, <laughs> you know, they just. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's stereotypes are dumb, but I'm telling you, when it comes to cars, what, it, kind of fucking spot on. What, what's, the, what's, the, what, what's the saying? It wouldn't be a stereotype if it wasn't true. Yeah. yeah. And. <laughs> it's i i can say this i don't think i've ever been flicked off flying a flag by a gm or a chevy or a ford 
or Dodge truck. I mean, pickup trucks, semis. It's it's just so dumb. And we and we talk about it when because it, it evolved to 24 hours, and I can't remember what year we started it, but we put a flag up for every year, and we would be up there for for the full 24 hours. Um, when I say full 24 hours, it, it, we always had people up there for the full 24 hours. And we always have an individual that will stay the entire 24 hours instead of like a two or three hour shift or a one hour shift. That fucks you up for a couple of days because yeah, oh yeah. the noise, yeah. the road noise, yeah. the bridge shaking. Um, Unless you're it, on meth. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be the only way I would guess. Those people but, are messed up already, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it, it's... It's fun. And, you know, you, you get the same kind of group of people that pick up the same hours every year. And you just, it's just, you kind of get to know the vehicles and who's going to do what. Yeah, that's it's cool. Man. Fun so I'm because sure you got to pass time. You can't just talk about 9-11 the entire time. Right, right. Uh, it's fun. There's there's a lot of fun activities that happen up there. Uh, and then 2020 came and it was, you know, people still didn't know, you know, it's just, and it was political. Some people, I was like, hey, we're not doing the 24 hours. Um, we're just going to do the, we weren't going to do anything. We still did a 343 run, we call it. Well, let's just back it up. So the first year I was up there, nothing happened. Second year I was up there, nothing happened. Third year I was up there, I did the full 24 hours. And it was just just me. But I didn't really tell anyone because it really wasn't, uh, social media wasn't like that a thing then. Sure. And a fire truck or a firefighter saw me from Bayport. His name was Jason Severson. And he drove under the bridge, lights, sirens, everything. And I had a BlackBerry phone and I recorded it. Still remember that. And Facebook was around at this time. Um, or was it? How did I get it out? I can't I can't remember, but I remember I had a BlackBerry phone because the video was just garbage. Was it, was it MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It could, it, I don't know if it was MySpace. I can't remember that far back, I guess. Yep. Well, then Robert's fire department came by in their old tanker truck. And that driver that did it then still does it today, and so does Severson. Um, so then the next year, it was a couple more fire trucks, and then we just started calling it the 343 run. And every year, it kind of grew and grew. And we would do it on the same interstate overpass, you know, uh, nice, safe place. The bridge doesn't have any on or off ramps. Uh, and it, it, it kept growing. More fire departments would show up and like further away fire departments. There's some fire departments that would drive an hour plus. Wow. And then I one year I had a National Guard friend. I think I could talk about this. And he said, hey, we're going to do a... Uh, this is called a fuel run with a Blackhawk. And he timed it perfectly where the Blackhawk gave the 343 run kind of an escort. Yeah. Oh, you know, cool, I, dude. I just blew everyone's mind. Oh, right? I've seen some of these videos, man. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. And <laughs> that's powerful. So stuff. I don't know how it happens. And I and everyone kind of points a finger at me like I did it. And it's like, hey, dude, I have I had nothing to do with that, right? Well, this year we had an AC-130, no, not an AC, a C-130. C-130, yeah. Yeah, fly over, and that got everyone going. That, that was, yeah, that was, that's awesome. That was huge. But it's we've 50-plus trucks every year now. Wow. And all it is is one social media post, hey, contact, you know, Mr. Cody with Hudson Fire Department and contact Severson from Bayport. 
you know, we have a staging area. You know, everyone in the area kind of knows it. You know, you get one one or two people that, you know, get pissed off about it, but it's I, I get fuck the unfortunate <laughs> Yeah, fuck them. I mean, who cares? Yeah, fuck them. Everyone hates a peach once, or you know, you can't. Yeah. Everyone, you know, there's always someone that hates a peach, is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I've never heard that before in my life. Those people are never happy, Paul. Yeah, yeah you can't waste your time on the opinion of others. Those it's are the just, people that make me grateful that I'm not a, that an asshole like every single day, just hating life. You know, I just don't think I could survive with that mentality. But yeah. Yeah, so, it, it's so, it's ugly, but if you do it for the firefighters, they need to heal still. People obviously need to heal still because every time I'm out there, I still get emotional. I mean, it's it's a very real thing. It, it was a it was one of the most catastrophic events. I mean, to think, and it was one of the first moments I think a lot of us realized how vulnerable we really are. You know, as a as a country, and just you know, there's a there's evil out there, right? It was a very clear yeah. display of evil, and. Uh, a lot of innocent people lost their lives in that situation. And that's a powerful thing, you know, it kind of yeah, makes you go, holy cow. The acts yeah. of, of individuals did that, you know, it was it not, they were trained, but I'm saying it wasn't like a soldier. It wasn't like um, uniformed. It wasn't, it wasn't a battlefront. It wasn't a, a war zone. It was sneaky. It was an attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like similar to what's going on right now with the Israel yeah. situation, right? And Israel, horrible yeah. shit. Horrible and stuff. I, I, and you try to put it in the words and you can't. Right. You can't. It's so because your mind just doesn't go that dark. You can't put into words what is going on. And yeah. then when you see some of the images, and and I have a good circle of friends, and when one particular friend who's just so knowledgeable on things, he called me and said, Don't look at any of the images online because he knows how emotional I get over that shit. I mean, yeah. I'm very I have a lot of compassion for mankind and it's it's you know it's bad when your friends call you and say don't look at any of this stuff yeah, yeah. and yeah I'm, I'm the father of three daughters it's just you don't want to think about that you, shit. you and me both <laughs> congrats yeah yeah the yeah. estrogen ocean yeah, um right. all right cool so we're we're kind of getting close well, on I time want to hear a little bit about the rallies yeah yeah and i was just gonna say there's a couple you couple mentioned more the things three thousand. yeah i want to hear about that as well talk about that yeah i'm a i'm a gumballer fortunately i i applied for many years and never uh, would get rejected every year because you got to apply for it. And on my sixth application, I got accepted. Uh, this year was in it's it was my second gumball this year, and we did where started in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Scotland, mm -hmm. and then wow. ended in Port Montenegro, uh, down south across from Italy. And I took my Z twenty shipped my Z twenty eight over there. And it was out of the six American teams that were there. I was the only American car, you know, they, it, uh, it was out of a hundred plus cars. I, that was the only American car. Yeah. There's some crazy cars in that thing. Oh, crazy cars. And people loved it because they just never hear it. And the universal sig signal for Revit doesn't matter what language you speak. You, all you hear is Revit, Revit, Revit. Everyone wants to hear the engine. Uh, and that's where I learned something new about my car. So I'm at the some place in London, and thousands of people. It's no joke. That's not even an exaggeration. Thousands of people around your car, you know, rev it. Oh, I overheated my car. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> so I looked down and I got red lights and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And my clutch wouldn't push in and it, or it wouldn't, uh, it was really stiff. And 
it was overheating, so I had to let her idle for about 10 minutes. The only other time it got hot was in the salt flats. Uh, Carter, I'm sure, was there with me. And yeah. we were just beating the hell out of our cars in the salt flats. Yeah. Uh, that was the only other time it got warm, but got that problem fixed, put a four-inch radiator in it. She'll never overheat again. There you go. I love it. Problem solver. <laughs> problem yeah. solver. We learned from so, so will you do the gumball again, man? I mean, is that going to be an ongoing 100%. thing? 100%. Yeah. The only reason I'm not doing it this next year is – it's uh it's a difficult one it goes from cairo egypt and then flies to singapore i believe it's singapore yeah and they're driving all over there and it's not in june it's in september and i have a scheduling conflict and man i'm telling you i would look like the horse's ass if i didn't go to this this wedding that i'm supposed to go to yeah yeah it's is I, it like your daughter's wedding no, it's yeah. a family friend, but it, that's the problem. It's a family friend. A, a, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um, all right, cool. Yeah. So as, as we, I think you would look like a jackass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that would yeah. fly. Yeah. But Gumball is is one of the greatest rallies. If, if you get a chance to do it, you have to do it. it the people are amazing. The cars are amazing. The, 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 the droves of people that come out. I mean, I've never seen it before. You're driving on a, on a road, and there's people lined up on bridges just to – wave and you got to give them the hammer you got to drop it they don't yeah. hear gates like that over there they have the high winding like the my z06 just mm -hmm. you know ding 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 you know oh yeah definitely different when you get into the yeah Pugani's the flat plane stuff. engines yeah exactly exactly so uh dude you gave some really good advice but i want to kind of hear from you you know again if, if you have any piece of advice and i think your podcast kind of goes along the same line you know for people watching this uh you know that are just looking for some that next step or, yeah or yeah what's step. you know yep. what's, what's one thing you can say to the the listeners that you feel like is something that that helped you get to where you are today two things the greatest business to get into is staying out of others Wow. And a tree teaches us a beautiful lesson every fall when the leaves turn color and it teaches us to just let go sometimes. Wow. wow. Really good. I love it. Paul, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a super busy guy and yeah, thank you very uh, cheers much. to continued success to you. I can't wait to get up there and visit you again soon and, uh, and catch up and eat some, some of your wonderful cuisine up there that you've mastered in the Hudson, Wisconsin area. So if you're around uh, the Hudson area, go visit Agave. Um, you also have Little Italy, right? Still there? Yeah, Little um, Italy. Yeah, little so Italy. yeah, go check out one of Paul's restaurants. Cool. Fantastic stuff. I've had the opportunity to eat at a couple of those places there. You won't be disappointed. The staff is fantastic and uh, keep up all the great work in the community, yeah. Paul. We love to see the positive attitude and thanks for giving back man everybody appreciates paul, that paul really a pleasure to meet you at least electronically hope to do it in person yeah. one day it's all good have a great yeah. day guys awesome right, you, you too buddy appreciate you paul all right guys we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back thanks thank you all right man we're back after we're back. the break yeah Paul Rody, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, he's a great dude. I mean, just just the positive vibe and the the inspirational, if you will. Yes, I, it was great. I'm disappointed I didn't beat him up for some kind of sponsorship while we had him on. Well, I'll not, do that after the not fact. Yet, not yeah, yet I'll have talk the some shit. I, it'll be better if I do it afterwards. <laughs> um, no, Paul's a great guy, man, and and just a like you said, positive dude, uh, positive part of his community. Uh, loves to. 
you know, you just kind of heard his values, right? Like honesty, integrity, you know, being transparent with employees, making sure that they, they understand that they're a part of and understanding the master plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just that you can tell yeah. that he likes to, it's like family to him. Right. So, so it's really, I want to kind of go through the, there's three segments of that, <laughs> that I, that I want to touch on that I took no, mental note of. Yeah. Number one was when did, when did, co- when did parents start talking to coaches? Yeah, dude, that's so, a great question. So I, I, you've heard me say this, all of you have heard me say this a billion times, being part of, you know, youth and high school sports, it's built, it builds camaraderie, it builds teamwork, you understand how to be, you know, part of a team, you understand yeah. how to lead people, you understand how to be, how to take order, right? Like you yeah. understand that stuff. And I, like I said to him, like I doubled down and did it for nine more years after, yeah. right? But like, he's, he was totally right. When did parents start telling you know, coaches how to do their job. And by the way, like that bleeds over into talking to umpires, talking to refs. Oh, yeah. Like trying to yelling control. in the stands. Yeah. And, and remember, remember a few years ago, um, what was his name? Ball. Ball was the la- his last God, name. With all the sons that played basketball. Lamar Ball or. Uh, Got it. I don't remember. I can't remember, but he was the one who was marketing his sons to all of these universities and to, and to professional organizations. And he was telling coaches and he was telling you know, organizations on how they should coach his sons yeah. or how they should treat his sons or when they should draft or how, what, what kind of workouts they should have and all of this stuff. Right. And it's like, what? Yeah. Well, one of the things you didn't mention, dude, I feel like when you have coaches that hold you accountable, it also creates some humility. Yes. Like you understand, like if you're not the best player, you got to work harder or you've got to earn a spot or you've got to be able to go out and, and get beat sometimes yep. and have to shake someone's hand afterwards. Those are all lessons to me that and are it, important, you and, know, and, and that brought me also to like LeBron James. Yeah. You know, cause that basketball theme. Right. Right. And it was great because Paul had a picture of Jordan you yeah. know, against the jazz on that last shot. And Jordan is by far a much better player all time than LeBron just for, so everybody knows. But like, remember when LeBron was kind of moving around and doing his thing, like coaches, he was picking coaches or he was having a set teams. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're a great player. Yes, you are. But you also need coaching. Yeah. Just be a player. And where has that, what, 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 where have we, and and this, all, all of this today, this, you know, AAU and individualized. So I go to my daughter's volleyball camps. Yeah. And I see two kids over there with one guy and they're taking, you know, they're taking the ball from a, from, from a machine shooting. It goes in a huge net, comes out, gets fired at them again and they're practicing, but it's not in there's, where's the teamwork? Where's the rest of the team? It's just one or two guys. Where's the rest of the team? Where's that? Where's that unity that comes from being part of a team? Yeah, that was an interesting point. That was an interesting point. So what's the next one? What's the next bullet point you had in your noggin? (laughs) So the next one is, he goes, I I didn't tell anybody. I went there for for 24 hours. Yeah. And one of the articles I read about him was, was, he doesn't want to be known. He does a lot of charitable stuff we didn't talk about. Oh, tons. Yeah. And And, and that's the thing. And every person I met, that's one of the things I just really appreciate about Paul right away was, every person that I met that had either seen me kind of conversing with Paul or that, Oh, you know, Paul. And then, yeah. well, I just met him or, you know, and, and, the, and immediately the response is like, oh, Paul, this is such a great guy. Yep. He does this and that and the other. And he's, you know, Hey, I went to this event and found out that Paul was the one that put this together, you know, like the guy is constantly looking for opportunities to just give back and to, but again, it's a genuine, it's, it's for real for the spotlight. There were right? two, there were two examples in that article that talked about someone who gave X, 
or donated Y to mm-hmm. this organization. Yeah. Right. And everybody knows it's him. Like everybody just knows. Yeah. yeah. Like the like the beat writer from Hudson, Wisconsin in the Hudson whatever news yeah. knows it's him. <laughs> yeah. Right. But he's he's like, no, I'm I'm glad I'm glad someone did that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a selfless, he's a selfless guy. Completely. Yeah. Completely. And it's not, it's not trying to create some aura. It's not trying to, it's not trying to be like, yeah, I know it's me. Everybody knows it's me. Look at me. Yeah. But I just won't put my name on it. No, it's like, Hey, they needed help. Yeah. Through part of that same article said, I want everybody in this town to be working and I want everybody in this town, every, every child to, to never go hungry. Right. Right. Like, I mean, that's legit. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Go. And then there was another one. Go ahead. And then I'll talk about what oh. stuck out to me. <laughs> then the last one was, you know, uh, your, your, what does he say? Your primary business is to stay out of other people's. Yeah. yeah. The, the only business, the best, you the sh- best business to, to get be- into is stay out of other people's. That's so true. Right? Something like that. That's yeah, so true. Fantastic. Because, because how often today, especially with, you know, with these oh, yeah. it's terrible. and with everything else and, and, and every reality show known to man that's on TV right now. Yeah. Right. How, how easy is it for us to forget our lives and forget what we should be focused on and forget what we should be doing every day and get involved in other people's? Yeah, it's it's a great distraction. Right? Oh, it's a massive really distraction. Well. You know, man, I, the thing that I took away that I, that I think is really, really important is, you know, his uh, conversation about, you know, how important it is when you're working for someone else to have that honesty and have build that level of trust mm-hmm. so that you're a wanted and a desired employee, which then allows you to kind of pick and choose, you know, other people start to seek you out and say, I want this guy on my team because mm-hmm. I can trust him or her gal, whatever it is. Yeah, you sure, know what sure, I mean? Sure. Um, but, you know, I think that's where there's people that want to, you know, kind of try to take that next step or improve their, their living situation or create a better life for themselves and their family. And I think that sometimes when they're in like a, uh, we'll call it a nine to five type of job, okay. they sort of get into that humdrum, you know, kind of stagnant, you know, kind of, I'm just going to show up every day. That's a, such a good reminder of, dude, be better than the people around you. Work Correct. hard to be recognized for being positive and for being a positive cog in the wheel. That is the first step in being able to put yourself in a position like Paul, where eventually he was able to go out and, and be an entrepreneur, right? And start his own business and own his own business right. and, and build a culture that he believed in. But it started with Paul working his ass off for other people and building that reputation of a trustworthy human being, an honest guy, somebody that's going to always show up. And he talked about showing up for work the day after his daughter was born. But that was his onus to say, hey, I should be doing this myself. Yeah, so I don't know. And, he, and he didn't take away from the guy who called him and said, hey, you're, you, you're, yeah. you're going to be here tomorrow, right? He didn't take away there, from yeah. that guy. He just said, oh, okay, so now I know where I need to go because I'm – I'm move, I'm I'm evolving. Yes. And I'm I'm getting better and now I'm having a family and I'm doing some of the traditional things that American society has done that is yeah. that seems to be lost today. And and you know Paul didn't talk about this as much but I know this is important to him and this is something that's important to me too. You know, uh, he talked about the land contract and how kind of the people that own the land contract really, you know, at at the end of the day wanted him to fail so that they could kind of recapture that opportunity with the real estate, right? And I guarantee you, man, that was the best motivation for someone like Paul, right? He's like, I'm going to fucking show you. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. and he worked his tail off to be able to get through that initial. And dude, the, the restaurant industry is a tough, it's a beast. tough business. It's a beast. And he's done it successfully for so long and still maintain this wonderful reputation. And then he mentioned, you know, I've had failures. I know about a couple of 
things that he opened maybe or tried and you know he had to kind of be at but i love that about him too that the guy's ego isn't so big that he's right. like well i'm just going to ride this thing into the side of a mountain because he's just got too much pride to close it down or to change it or to make a move or to be agile you know that's another big part i think of business ownership is be agile man like you have a plan a b c and d yep. if plan a doesn't work which most of the time in my experience it doesn't you know, don't, don't get stuck in that tunnel vision of, well, I have to be right. Like, no, dude, listen to what, listen to what the information is telling you, right? Be yeah. observant, listen to your customers, your clients, you know, try to just be flexible. Like, right. I think that's somewhat of a lost art too, because people want to pound their fists on the table and be like, I'm right. I told you this I'm is right. going to work. I'm right. Right? I'm right. I'm right. Yeah. Dude, it's okay if it doesn't work. Right. Just make sure that you can be agile and make a move and, and transition into something that's maybe more profitable or more sensible or better right. for your employees or better for your customers. Like he's done that. Or really better well. for your family. Right. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. And I, and I would say, you know, you, you've heard me say several times, like people will follow you. Right. Yeah. But I, I guarantee you any, any new venture that he started in the restaurant business that went belly up in six months or whatever the case might be. I bet you he had people from previous places go there. It goes down, but they come back. They, they stick with them. Oh, I know he takes good care yeah, of his absolutely. people. Absolutely. You know, hundred percent. So, you know, you know what that got me to thinking, Uh-oh. right? Like, so he gives to a bunch of organizations. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and he, you know, and he, you know, loves his employees and loves his community and wants people to do well. So let's ask our listeners, you know, who, what organizations you guys donate to? What do you, you know, when do you, where do you spend your free time or your spare time, you know, working with an organization, a charitable organization or yeah. something of that, of that nature? Do you coach you sports, right? right? Are you right. trying to build some of that teamwork in young people? Do you work at, you know, you know, work with the red cross or, or do, or do, what do you, what, what do you guys do? Yeah, dude, I think that's a huge thing too, Mike, because people get into this mindset that those contributions have to be financial. And you can tell, I mean, Paul gives a lot of his time. time. Yeah. And he doesn't have much time. Yeah. And if a guy that's that busy and is doing that many things can find time to contribute to his community, yeah. there's or, or, really no excuse. Or, right? or, or even better, like what organizations do you guys run? That you, you're hoping for more volunteers. You're hoping for more help. Yeah. You're trying to get something off the ground for, from a charity or even a business perspective. And you're yes. looking for some kind of guidance or some kind of help. What, who is it? Tag them. You know, let us know. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Throw I think that's important. Bus. Yeah. I do too. I Throw do too. Well, again, man, I know that, you know, as we do the podcast, one of the things that's, that's uh, I think that we want to be able to make sure that we kind of cycle around is, you know, it's, it's fun to get into some of the, the discussions about the kind of the shit show that's happening oh, in yeah. the world. Yeah. But it's, it's important to me to make sure that we point out the positive things that human beings are doing that maybe don't get recognized That's or right. not in the mainstream media right. or people don't talk about. And it's like, dude, those are those people are making a difference, yeah. a, a positive difference. And, th yeah. and that's exactly what we want to do by doing this podcast. So I think it's important that we make sure that we, we touch on those feel good stories like Paul, somebody yep. that's like, dude, fuck it, go get it yeah. and go do something and give back. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, so what we're doing is we're one, we're. We're, we're providing information, right. That a lot of people don't have. That's a lot of the feedback that we've gotten. Yeah. Right. We're, we're shining a light on things that are pretty, usually pretty dark, but we're also providing, you know, some examples of what you can do with a little bit of work, with a little bit of grit, with a little bit of, absolutely. You know, I mean, you heard the story. The yeah. guy's like, Hey man, I wasn't ever going to be able to go to college. And yeah. you know, he, he, he knew where he stood in, in that situation and he still found a way to find a niche and to work hard and to be able to prove his worth and, and turn that into a, a really beautiful, you know, it's, life for him and his so, family. It's so funny how he said he was dead last in his class. I know a guy, <laughs> I know a guy out of Michigan actually, who it, it, he was 
dead last in his class. It took him 10 times to pass his real estate exam. Yeah. And now, dude, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a master of the universe with the largest real estate company in, in the country. That's awesome. And he, just, and he just grew himself and, and he just never stopped. Again, man, it's hard work goes a long way yeah. and integrity and some of those things that uh, don't show up on a test. Yeah. Wow. So it's yeah. an interesting thing. So it is. So for all, so to, hey, to all of you out there taking part in charitable events, being part of an organization, running an organization like that, here's to them. Thank you guys. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks for watching guys. Make sure you share with your friends, check us out on Spotify and uh, we'll be recording a few more episodes this week. And, and our, and our website, one Yeah. and or, and uh, uh, YouTube. Oh, and we, type and productions. We, have some, we have an opening now for sponsorship. We uh, just went through a, we, we just did. Had a sponsorship we did. expiration. So we've got a, yep. an opening there. So if you guys know of anybody that would uh, like well, to get assuming out to our Paul listeners, doesn't take it. <laughs> ah, well, he's going to take one. I can tell That's you right, that. He'll take one, he he might not even know it. I might just send him an invoice. <laughs> that's, that's a sales tactic <laughs> the assumptive close that's right <laughs> okay. here's the pen <laughs> okay so uh, yes thanks everyone we look forward to seeing you guys again why not us signing out alright thank you it has to start somewhere it has to start sometime what better place than here what better time than now